This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash uberone for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Please subscribe now on YouTube. Broadcasting live worldwide. And now, here's your host. All right, Chris. All right, good afternoon, Chunkies. How the devil are we all? The sun is out. It's bright and sunny. <sighs> Go to the cupboard and it's bare. What is happening with Leicester City on this transfer window? We have no money by the sound of it. We have no signings. We have no decision on Tielemans. What? I don't know what is going on. I really don't. But I have a guest with me today who knows everything. Now, he will be able to answer all my questions. He's just gone white in the green room. <laughs> but uh, can I ask you, before we bring him in, do do check out um, 
my YouTube page, Leicester Dollar TV. Please give us a subscribe and smash those likes. It does help the channel. Uh, and be sure to, to, to check in with Ant's uh, channel as well. His details are below in the YouTube description. Uh, thank you for watching. And if you are um, listening uh, on your favourite podcast platform, thank you for lending me your ears. Let's get him in. You know him. You love him. The ladies will go wild. Good afternoon, Ant. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. That's some intro, that, isn't it? You've got to live up to it now, <laughs> mate. <laughs> well, um, have, you got, have you got another guest? Because you said you've got a guest who knows everything. So I'm assuming you can bring someone else in in a second. Hey, we're all Leicester fans. We all know everything, don't we? You know, we can't. Uh, we can't pretend we don't. You know, we know. We know more than John Rudkin. We know more than Brendan. Um, but uh, no, thanks very much for joining us. It was quite last minute, um, arranging it last night. Your details are in the description below. But just give a shout out where people can find you. Yeah, so Ants Leicester fan channel doing daily live streams now, talking about potential transfers in and out, which has been quite a bit of work this tra uh, um, yes. this summer. I've been impressed with you. I've been thinking like, what's he got to talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's but it's always a good bit of fun. Like we quite often very put, quickly put the rumours to bed and put and rubbish them, but. Yeah, it's always a good bit of fun. And then uh, the home and away match day vlogs are starting as of next Saturday with Derby away. Ah, well, that will be... Uh, make sure you've got your cricket box on. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to James. Thanks for popping in, mate. How the devil are you? I hope you are well. Uh, and as he says there, hit the likes and subscribe. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I started to do my... Uh, I thought I'll do like a daily news show. And I just like... I was talking about the same things over and over again. And for four days, even on the Mercury, the latest news was about Jamie Vardy wanting to extend his contract. It was there for sort of five days. Um, the talking point, and we will come on to it, obviously, is is the cupboard bare? Have we got the money? Um, Brendan came out with a very interesting um, statement yesterday. We will come on to that at the end. Uh, very, very quickly, two preseason games played. Um, one loss, one draw, and I don't, I don't read much into the results to be honest with you, because it, you know, we know Leicester fans, you know, we've won every preseason game and gone on and gone relegated, and you know, we've lost every preseason game and gone on and had a good season. So the results are neither here nor there. Um, they're usually there to help the new players bed in. <laughs> Joke. Um, what's your assessment bit of the two games so far? The first one at Seagrave, I don't think it's really worth mentioning too much because normally that would be a game that's not even broadcast, which I found it quite strange in the first place about that was broadcast onto the uh, onto Leicester's website and onto yeah. YouTube. I was glad it was because it was good to watch to be able yeah. to watch football again. But those games that normally happen at the training grounds are behind closed doors. It was basically the under twenty threes with a few first teamers thrown in. First game of preseason, like. I don't look into it too much at all. No. But obviously, if we'd won, it would have been the biggest win win going. Um, but... <laughs> Even though it was Notts County, who I should say, of course, are the biggest team in Nottingham. Let's just get that right. Of course. And then yesterday's game, like, there were, like, again, it's the first, like, I know we say uh, Notts County was the first game of preseason. Yesterday felt like the first real game of preseason yeah. where you're getting yeah. the players back and, um, like played in front of an actual crowd. And I think yesterday was a good game to play because uh, 
team, um, they start their league season, I believe, on Friday night. The Belgian league kicks off, so they that was their final game of pre-season. So it was a good sort of, it was a very good test. And I'm, but there were stuff, there were bits that sort of, we looked very fragile at the back for sure. Yeah, but I hope that that's fixed up by Brentford. But the thing that did concern me more than anything is the fact that that will be our starting back four. Yes, yes. I'm hoping that, and fingers crossed that, you know, it is just a case of getting them warmed up and back to to knowing each other again. Uh, for me, I think, like you say, I, I agree with you about the first game. Um, the game last night, yeah, we well, yesterday afternoon, yeah, we have to appreciate they are a lot further down the line than us. And I think the fact that we were two behind and the fact that we were able to come back gave me a little bit of hope. Um, we weren't particularly good at that, let's be honest. But we did what we did last season, and that was wait till the start of the second half and then come back. And, of course, we're not going to be play, play, playing OH Laven every week, are we? No, and that, like, as we say, you don't want to overanalyze a pre-season game because it is, it is pre-season. But... Yeah, yeah. What is the concern for me is like, yes, we didn't concede from a corner yesterday, but we still look vulnerable from them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, also just, it's like, it's like you say, conceding two goals early, like the amount of times before we go one nil down, and as you mentioned, then start playing in the second half. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that's not going to be a theme this, this season. And I'm hoping like in pre-season, we get it out of the system. Like I wouldn't be concerned if it wasn't patterns from last season. I think because it's stuff that we saw last season. I think that's why I'm slightly concerned about it. But mm. it's it's one like what we keep saying. It's pre-season. You don't want to overreact to it. Which we, 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 you know, yeah, we do though, don't we? <laughs> that's the problem. But like I say, it's no. We've seen it before, like I say, where we've done absolutely rubbish and then gone on to do well. It it it, it is very much a fitness exercise. Um, Facebook user here, and there's no name, but he says, Look at you get mid table this season. We've wasted too much money on poor quality players last couple of years, now paying the price. Um, like, like, uh, James says, like what, like what we all say, it's about match fitness and adopting to the manager's system. Um, to be fair, all these players have been there for some time now, so they shouldn't really need much time to adapt to our system because yeah. it hasn't changed. Yeah. Like, our system has very much stayed the same under Brendan Rodgers. The ideal situation in these pre-season games, and like I know it hasn't worked out this way, is for these new players to in, like be able to implement themselves, find their feet within with their new teammates. But obviously, yeah. for reasons that we'll get on to later on, that hasn't been able to be the case. Yes, yes. No, no. And in fairness to James, he doesn't. He's not not a Leicester fan, so he doesn't really know the falls ins and outs of uh, of Leicester. Uh, this morning is Spencer. Good afternoon, sir. How the devil are you? And he's in the Southampton Massive. Anthony, how the devil are you? Um, <laughs> covered a bit bare and looking to, for some cobwebs. Yeah, the cobwebs that are sort of collecting on the FA Cup and the Community Shield from last season. I'm trying to think what your cobwebs will be clinging on to. Hope more than anything, I think is probably the word. But uh, looking at, I mean, you can see the guy I've got up there, and we, we, we touched on him uh, before we came live. This is a player that I have always thought offered us something. Uh, I like him. Uh, he came on yesterday and he was 
going through, having shots on target. Um, oh, he didn't score, but he seemed to be putting the, the you know the, the effort. He was he was a player basically that watching it that actually sort of caught my eye. Um, but I, I don't think we can convince him to stay, even if uh, the other is you know his uh, countryman leaves. Can we? No, I think his heart set on going back to Italy, and I think. The first time when he came, like in the first spell before he went to Torino, he didn't really get the minutes, but I think yeah. he felt he deserved, which yeah. is why I think, and then this is just complete speculation. I don't think there's that relationship with Brendan Rodgers that he's got with a lot of other players. And this, uh, I don't know how true this is as well. Apparently, a lot of his uh, family are still based in Italy, and even from when he came over from Sampdoria, so they never actually came over to it, uh, uh, Leicester with him. So it wouldn't surprise me if he does go back to Italy. But it's like you said, I do think he could offer us something, but it's whether he would want to. But it's at the same time, if he doesn't want to be here, then there'll be suitors for him. We've got to be moving quicker because it's now, what, the 16th of July? Yeah. So it's 17th of July and still not any movement. And it's a supply and demand market. We've got some players, but there's absolutely no demand for what we're trying to ship on. But for players yeah. like this, that there is a bit of demand for, we need to try and move them quickly. Yeah. And I think in fairness, I mean, Torino want him on loan again. And we obviously, we want to sail for obvious reasons. Um, but I just, there are other clubs coming in, like you say, maybe we've just got to, if we can't sell him as as a figure plucked out of mid midair here. If we can't send it for 20 million, maybe we should accept the 15 and at least have some cash in the pocket if we're not going to play him. Because he's taking up a, a place where, you know, we could... I mean, <laughs> we did... And I'm not comparing the two here, but if we, let's say, we could get... And I can't remember how much we paid for him, but if we if we could get 15 million for him, allegedly, Arsenal are after Kante for 17 I don't know how true that is. It's not a particularly sort of reliable source. And there's so many rumours going round. But let's say if that's true, you know, if we could get 15 million for him, God, I'd be in there saying, right, you know, find another couple of million from somewhere and uh, I think get Kante back. Well, for me, I, as much as we were talking about this earlier, I would love Kante back. Yeah. Like when you look at our midfield options in that position, we've got Chowdhury and Mendy behind Ndidi. The drop-off from Ndidi, who is absolutely elite at what he does, yeah. to then um, Mendy and Chowdhury is huge. I think uh, I think that's partly why we struggled so much last year, because Ndidi's so injury-prone. But once we play without him, the drop-off in standard is massive. So, yeah, yeah I'll take Kante back. But I don't think... I still think that a right wing and a centre-back has to be the priority over a midfielder. Like, the ideal situation would be to sign all three, but Yes, right wing and centre back surely got to be the priority. No, I, I I agree. I was purely playing devil's advocate there. Um, I agree that it's not a part of the the the, the squad that we are desperate to sort of um, uh, fill. I mean, I mean, indeed, I mean, he was in. He's injured again now at the moment, so he wasn't featured yesterday at all, which is not a good sign. Uh, just as we're starting the pre-season, we'd and therefore looking back at what you just said. Is it not a priority? Because, you know, if we're saying Mendy and Chowdhury aren't good enough, um, do we, as I say, should we be thinking we need somebody in there as cover if indeed he's going to be that bad with injuries again? To an extent, but the big word there you've said is cover. Like the other two are first, like starting 11 slots that are up for grabs. 
particularly right wing. I think centre back you could put in the same bracket as Ndidi yeah. with. So right wing it will be someone to come in start straight away. Centre back will be a rotation and cover for Johnny Evans in the same way that a defensive midfielder would be for Ndidi. But it doesn't have to set, uh, necessarily be like a uh, cover. It could be someone who's like yeah. if Levi Colwell, as an example, comes in at centre back, yeah. someone who can come in. Like if he performs well, why can't he stay in the team? Why can't yes. he like uh, forge his way through? So, but it comes back to this thing of our squad is too big and we haven't moved enough players on yet. And there's fair, like I think we'll get into this in a bit more detail later. But we've added a fair few. Uh, we put been far too generous to f- uh, a fair few average players with their wages. Yes. Yes. I am actually looking. I might have to get you back on because I'm looking. At, uh, I found a list of all the less supposedly lesser wages, so that that made quite interesting reading. Um, just some. I mean, don't worry about the um, you know the, the defensive positions. I really, I'm, I'm confident in that because we're looking at another Southampton defender. So let's not panic. <laughs> we're fine with that. We've got him. I mean, just call us Southampton B for God's sake. Fingers. I'd rather, and I know there's a risk element of doing this, but I'd rather give Ben Nelson the opportunity as a third-choice centre-back. I know there's the, the flip side. If he's not ready, it can like really ruin a player's development if you throw him in too quickly. But yes. it's just like, really, like, what you know when Southampton fans are laughing at you because you're linked to one of your play, their players? Yes. So Something's wrong, but... <laughs> yeah. Imagine if we've spent 30 million two years on Bertrand Vestergaard and Bednarek. Yeah. Like, I pray to God that this is only a rumour. But... Right, well, I'm with you, 100% with you on that. Having said that, of course, Vestergaard really came on and scored yesterday. So <laughs> maybe I've actually got that humble pie out the freezer again. Uh, just looking at some comments here that was on that people made on the Leicester website. Uh, would love to see it, Dennis Pratt stay. Uh, my, that's James Turner, Michael Reed, Pratt is class. Uh, LC Graphics, who do a lot of work uh, on, on the different websites um, that we all follow. Can we keep Pratt, please? Samuel Barnes, keep Pratt, and we're guaranteed top four. Man, that's a bit hopeful, maybe. Uh, Fox to Fox report, Pratt needs to stay. You just can't let quality like that leave. And then Martin Smith, we need to get rid of Samari and keep Pratt. No club seems to want to pay what he is worth and there's more to offer than Samari by a mile. But like you say, it's a case of if we um, um, if a player wants to leave and has gone so far down the line like he has, it would have to be a massive U-turn to, to, to get him to stay. Yeah, and like the thing that would worry me is if he does stay and like this could sound like really negative and defeatist is that is he going to have been made promises of like playing games that won't be able to be fulfilled? That'll be my my concern because we've seen it before uh, where players have stayed with promises that they'll they'll be given X, Y, and Z, and then they haven't. And it it can one one unhappy player can really affect a dressing room. Yes, no, I agree. I agree. Right, let's quickly just go through some rumours and then we'll get on to the big topic. Um, at the end, uh, we're just going through here. Uh, I mean, why are we even considering these now? Because we, if the money's not there, we know that there's no chance of, of getting these players. 
Benjamin Beauregard, could now Everton have popped in and have said they're interested in him? Um, I'm trying to think who the other player was from BSV that said basically that if we don't hurry up and get him, then he'll sign a new contract. Sangare. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, we, we now, as I say, maybe we know sort of why not now. Um, the, thing, the thing is, I think there's an element of truth in this that we're not signing players because of our squad size. Like, I do think there is a pot of money there. I don't think it's as big as uh, what was hoped, but I do think that there is a pot of money there. And we, But we don't want to su- sign players until we sell, sell yeah. them. But this comes with a more... risk. This yeah. comes with a risk, but players like Sangare will sign new contracts and and they will uh, other players will move to the other clubs. Yes. The worrying yeah. the worrying thing is though, like we're not moving any players on and like yeah. I'm gonna nick I'm gonna nick uh, I think this was Neil's analogy, but I could be wrong. If you were like I don't blame any of the players for not wanting to move on, by the way, but no. if you if you were working the tills at Asda and then you get a job offer from Audi for like a quarter of the wage. Are you going to go? go no, no, you wouldn't. Out? Yeah, no. of course you wouldn't. No, that's like Hamza Chowdhury. Like he's never going to get sixty grand a week again in his life. Like he is. There's a reason that Middlesbrough and West Brom are the only two clubs that are interested in him because champion, like a, a higher Championship club or a lower Premier League club, uh, club is his level, and that like. This, as much as we've done right over recent years, and we have done a lot right, one of our big downfalls, and we're paying the price for it this summer, is we've offered very average footballers like Hamza Chowdhury, like Vestergaard, like Bertrand, wages far beyond their ability. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that's, uh, yeah, an, an, an excellent point. Um Man United possible green light. Of course, they signed Christian Eriksson, um, which said, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, uh, so one of those players, James Gone, has been, been linked with the move. I don't know anything about him really. <laughs> Again, these are all links, but is he somebody do you think that we could do a job for us? He's a player, and I, I'm not going to pretend to have watched Forest week in, week out last season. No, no. I'd be but... very disappointed if you did. <laughs> I, I think I watched two games and it and one of them was depressing as anything and I was out the ground with about <laughs> quite early. But yes, um, yes. from what I have seen of James Garner and all of all of like, the reviews and stuff, he's the type of profile that I don't mind us signing from bigger clubs. A player that's got that um that's got that potential to go on to be, uh, that next level. But if we bring him in here, he like we can develop him, we can train him up, we can improve him because Say what you want about Brendan Rodgers as a manager. As a coach, he like he has got a yes. track record for improving yes. these young players. Yes, he has. And I think that I would I would take Garner at uh, Leicester. I think he's a very good player. I think yeah, you've got to look. I mean, you know, Muzzy is it as a prime example that springs to mind of you know a, a young player that's not getting into the first team somewhere that can come on and 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 grow and be good and like you say. That is what Brendan's strengths is, taking the youngsters and sort of bringing them on. Um, Arsenal and Leicester, five million apart in Tielemans' transfer saga. We've already dropped our price once. Like, we're not going to drop it again. If Arsenal want him that much, they'll put the money on the table. It's like... Yeah. Uh, yes. I think we've talked about this to death, Chris, and I'm not going to waste too much time on it. No. Like, if if he wants to be here, sign a contract. If not, go. Like... 
No, I agree. And I've, I've said to, to Arsenal fans that have been asking me about it, um, you know, if, if Arsenal come and put a cheque for 30 million on the table, you can have him. Mm. You know, put up or shut up, basically, you know. The thing is, we are a better team, undoubtedly, for a motivated Yuri Tielemans to be on our yes. side. But yeah. it's if he's not motivated, if his head's half turned and he's looking for the exit door next year, I don't want him. I'd rather us bring in a James Garner or a Goku yeah. or a player like that who's really got yeah. a, prove, a point to prove and coming in to play because they want to come and play for Leicester and they want to uh, play well, not because they're looking for that next move yeah, everybody's saying this. It's going to drag on till the the end of the window. I think Leicester have got to to actually stand up to to Tielemans now and say, look, sign, or we you know I don't I don't know what they can do, but there's got to come a point where we've got to say to him, look, you know, because we don't want to let him go for nothing. Let's be honest with you, that's the problem. Uh, that is but, a, you know, the position we're in, Tielemans has the power, but I almost feel like. Um, we need to set a deadline for Tielemans to either be gone or say to him, now you're here for the season. It's like, I'd say, because we don't want it, as uh, James says, you don't want it running into that last week of the window. So no. I think we have to set a deadline for any team that wants Tielemans. Is you either get him by this point or he's a Leicester player. Yes, yeah. But, I mean, we, we risk losing him, I guess, for nothing. But then if he stays and we get back into Europe, it kind of balances out, doesn't it, a little bit? Uh, it does, but that's the same conversation we were having at the end of last season. It was <laughs> indeed, yeah. It's like, oh, but if he stays and goes into that last year of his contract, but we get top four, it's working, worth it. But yeah. then, like, we've kept him for another season, got into his last year of his contract. We haven't qualified for any European football, so it's it's a risk and reward game. But like, you look at Everton, they've taken far too many risks. Yes. And it can get you in that position. So it's got to be calculated risks, not just a risk for the sake of of a big yeah. reward. Yes. Um, Nicholas Pepe, this has got to be a joke, hasn't it? I'd take him. But <laughs> the thing is, this goes against everything that I normally say about signing big club flops, but I don't, we should stay away from them with a barge pole. But because yeah. our options are so thin on the right wing, he elevates us on that right wing. I think there's no doubt about that. He would be, he instantly yeah, yeah. starts for us. But like, I know it's unpopular and I know everyone thinks he's a, a bit of a, you, you know what, but um, I would I would still be half interested in trying to dangle the carrot in front of Wilfred Zaha from Crystal Palace because he's mm. in that last year of his contract. And I think he's a much better player than, much better player than uh, Pepe. But yeah. it's, whether Zaha sees that at Palace to Leicester as enough as, as enough of a step up. Yes, yes. Uh, hi to Nippon who, who joined us earlier. Thanks for popping in. Uh, Scott, good afternoon, sir. How the devil are you? Hope you are well. I think the club needs to be firm with players, especially Tielemans. Sign or you won't be in the Premier League squad. I mean, we've got to be careful. We don't end up in a position where we're cutting our nose off to spite our face. Um but Pepe has been linked with numerous clubs, including Leicester and Everton. Arsenal should let him go for the sake of his career. No. I mean, players, unfortunately, don't always come to the, the, the top of uh, club's thoughts when they uh, talk about these things. 
Right, um, we've, we've avoided it as long as we could do, but I want to bring it in now. Uh, let me just get it up on the screen, and then I can uh, put the overlay on and have a look at it. Um, where are we here? Here we go. Brendan Rogers. Is it is he a case of, you know, hello, old Mother Hubbard? Uh, <laughs> he's gone to the cupboard and it is bare. I mean, he's admitted there. Um, well, let's just read it. Leicester City transfer businesses are on a hold until the club sell players. Manager Brendan Rodgers has admitted, but insists he will not go to Arles with the hierarchy over the lack of activity. Um, he said he will never criticise the club and understands the reality of City's situation as they seek buyers for the players they want to offload in order to give them the financial wiggle room to bring in new recruits. If they could not do that, Rogers said they would struggle to compete at the higher end of the table. I mean, this is a bit of a catch-22 because he doesn't want to argue, but it's almost like he's coming out and not necessarily stabbing top in the back, but going, look, look, guys, it's not my fault. But on the flip side, and you made this very, very valid point, at least we know where we all stand now. You know, at least we can forget these these big ideas of these 30, 40 million pound signings. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the frustration from the fans have come from, from sort of who I've been t- talking to, is that there's been this narrative um, from about, actually after the Forest game, that there'll be this big rebuild and refresh. And even if it's not what was intended in the first time he said it, he very quickly would have realised what the fan base was sort of expecting from it because it yeah. was absolutely everywhere. And he's talked about himself about seeing local newspapers and sort of under uh, when he was coming under a bit of pressure. So he full well will have known what was interpreted by what he said at Forest. Yes. And then he's ca- carried on peddling the same thing every time there's been a bit of a negative result. Or a... So for me, yeah, I, I'd rather know that we're not going to sign... A fair few players, but have that hope that we are and then be disappointed. So at least we know where we stand. But at the same time, I don't trust Brendan Rodgers. He's like that typical politician with his press conferences. I, I just don't, I don't trust him at all. With like, is, is, is he like the, the 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 Boris Johnson of football management? It's never his fault. I don't know, but I don't want to be. I do like elements of Brendan Rodgers, so I'm not going to maybe say that he's like Boris Johnson. Is we're not well, going to no, turn well, it into a bit too far, but using it as <laughs> the analogy, he's certainly got better hair than Brendan Rod- uh, than uh, Boris Johnson. <laughs> but no, the thing is with uh, Brendan Rodgers, he's he, he's a marmite kind of manager. Yeah. I think for fans, you either love him or you hate him, and I just think that there's been like a lack of responsibility for quite a lot, not just from him, but from a lot of people this last season for what a lot of the problems were. It was always it was always Brendan Rodgers' fault, uh, according to some. And according to Brendan Rodgers, it was always someone else's fault. It's like, just grow a set and take some responsibility. Yes, yes. And uh, you, you can probably tell from the, my, my tone and, and what I'm saying. I mean, you're very much, we, we've sort of sat on either side of the fence um, when it's come to, to Brendan Rodgers. And I, I'm not saying that I've climbed over and I'm I'm on your side, mm-hmm. but I am certainly in the splinter in bum part at the moment that I am beginning to wonder. But then, you know, if this is the case and he hasn't got the money to spend and, 
you know, I've I've been saying for a while, you know, maybe what he was saying more was a G up to the players and B, nothing's going to happen until we sell Tielemans because we need the money. And like I say, maybe that's true. And I'm kind of, I, I can't decide now because, yes, I'm getting a bit frustrated. And I think when I see like, and I know they're only pre-season games, and I don't care if, we, if we'd have lost 5-0 to, to Levin. It's, it's the performance that I, I want to be looking at. And when I look at the back end of last season, I mean, all right, in the first in the first game, we were still conceding from corners and free kicks, but it, like you say, it was the youth team out, so let's not worry too much. But when we got all our players back, those last three or four games, we drew with Chelsea, we beat Watford or, and, and a few of the others that were down the bottom. And yes, I know people have said like, well, they're only, they're only the teams that are in the bottom five or whatever, but there were teams that we struggled to beat at the start of the season. If we go into next season with the same squad, with without the injury problems that we've had, and that's a big Uno without, that's the same squad that got us the fifth two seasons. And yes, other teams have moved on, but if we get everybody back playing like they were maybe at the end of last season, I can see you're shaking your head already. <laughs> Would that not be, you know, would it be the worst thing in the world? The thing is, our starting 11, and we've had this conversation a few times, is brilliant. But I'd say right now we're weaker than we were last season because we've lost Luckman. Whether you think like Luckman's a six out of 10, 10 out of 10, like wherever you put him, like he's a player that Brendan Rogers rated, and that was shown yeah. in the amount he used him off the bench and um, started even on the right wing when it's not his pr- predominant position. But everyone's saying if we don't have injuries, but injuries happen in football and yeah. with a, a thin squad like we've got, you're going to like the more injury. But we've got a thin squad and I don't like a thin quality in the squad at least. Like you can't expect to play the same 11 week in, week out and not have injuries. Like yeah. if we don't strengthen for depth, particularly with five subs this year, we're going to have injuries, and then it's going to be the same thing next year. Oh, we were so unlucky with an injury crisis. No, yeah. no, we weren't. We were playing players in the red zone and well beyond where they should have been playing because we didn't have anyone to rotate them with. It's not unlucky. It's just like a level of like like a level of it was unlucky. Like for Farnie, you could never you could never no. account for. No, but no. it's like basic sports science. If you're going to play a player in in that red zone beyond where they're in like their optimal performance level is, they will start to get injuries. <coughs> oh, no, don't die on me. Don't die on me. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, are you all right there? <laughs> uh, I mean, Spencer says here, rumours today that Tillemans is signing an extension. I haven't seen those. Uh, whether that's the tied in with the fact that Arsenal are after Shevchenko, um, and don't want Tillemans, maybe that's pushing him into that. Um, I'll tell you what, and you're going red. I don't know if it's the sun or not. Told you, go to the gym, it's, it's bad for you. Do not do exercise, it's, it's bad for you. I should just um, sit in the pub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look at me, I'm, I'm overweight, I'm unhealthy, but I'm not coughing and fluttering up there. Uh, but no, I mean, the other rumors that I mean, the Newcastle links have risen again, like you say, there's so many things. I mean. If we could sell Pratt, would you sell Pratt and Keaton and get Luckman in? I mean, you like you say, he he did the job on the right. <coughs> Left side is his natural um, position. Uh, maybe if Barnes is going through a stage, obviously he can move over that way. Who then would we put on the right is the question. Probably Perez. Um, 
But Luckman did a job for us on the right. A lot of teams teams play him on the right. Fulham did uh, when they had him. Everton, I believe, did to a part. But I, I just want Luckman. I just think he, you know, he's the nearest thing we've got to replacing Mares since Mares left. My thing with Luckman is I would have loved to have seen him at the start of the window when we were believing that we were signing four or five players. Yeah. Now, I w- would you be against seeing Luckman come back on loan for another season? Because I think that would be a more viable option for us. I but, would love him. I would love him in any form. Just, I but, would just, you know. Yeah, because I would like him permanently, but I don't think that's a realistic option. Because as we've said, the, um, there's obviously the situation issue around the squad size but there's also this financial room to wiggle I believe uh, Brendan Rodgers has called it so bring him on loan for the season hopefully we have a better season next year finish higher up the league get bring in more revenue but the thing for Luckman is I wouldn't sign Luckman over an out and out right winger no 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 I think an out and out right winger in a centre-back that should be we should be going absolute all out to get that, and then anything on top of that at this stage, I'm going to call a bonus. Yeah, no, I I I agree, but I think what Luckman offers is that flexibility. Um, yeah. You know, even played up front for <coughs> on, on a few occasions. Um, another player who caught my eye and one who didn't yesterday, um, Sumare. And, uh, you know, we all see the games differently. I kind of didn't see an awful lot of him. A couple of passes, maybe. Perez, for me, and you know know where my position is on Perez. I've always said, go. But he actually put the effort in yesterday. And he had a couple of, uh, he had as many efforts as Jamie Vardy did, in all fairness. You say put the effort in yesterday as if he doesn't normally. isn't running numbers are right up there. No, but. I, I agree. I thought he yesterday he he was one of the brighter players, and he's one of those though. Like quite often in preseason, he does look quite good because he's got that natural level of fitness. But I don't think and like is naturally quite fit. And at this stage of preseason, is probably yeah. fitter than a lot of the other players. Yes, but I do. I I don't dislike Perez as much as a lot of other Leicester fans do. I think he's. Um, I think he's. Slightly underrated by the fan base, but overrated by Brendan Rogers, is as yeah. Rob Tanner said. I was going to say, yeah, he said yeah. exactly the same to me. Better than a lot of the uh, fans think he is, but probably not as good as Rogers thinks he is. But I do think, I do hope we move. He moves on to Real Betis, which are the one club that's had concrete links. But right. for them, there's they're in a similar situation to us. They need to sell players before they can come in and buy them. So it's like, yes. And I think that's the thing, I think, because nobody's sort of been coming in with firm offers for him, have they? No, no. No. I do think he's one that will do quite well, um, quite well in Spain with a slightly lower uh, paced league with a bit more technical and slightly less physical. Yeah. Mumsy there, I do do think you're putting your big wooden spoon in the the old pot and stirring it. Uh, (laughs) Can I just say, you know... uh, you, you've got your third driver in two years. Let's hope this one has passed his test. Um, that's all I will say. Um, so, I mean, would you be happy if, if Perez stayed? I wouldn't be against it, but at the same time, I'd be happier if he went because we need to free up that squad 
squad place and free up the wages and the money. Mm. And Samari? I like Samari, but I alone I don't think benefits anyone, particularly loaning him back to France, where we've already seen he can do it in France. He, yeah. he, he splashed it in France. If we're going to loan him, I think it's got to be an English loan. So mm. if he goes back to France, I think we've got to look to sell him because there's no point sending him back to a league, but we've already seen that he's he's competent and can compete in. You need to send him to a Premier League club or a high-end championship club where he can really like develop and learn about the English game. Yes. I mean, I think as well, you look at the players that we sign, and I think we've had this conversation before. You know, I was born in Leicester. I moved to to Blackpool when I was 21. And I I was working for Dewey Smith at the time, so I was moving up, you know, like like somebody that comes and signs for a team. There's an immediate sort of band of people that I could know, etc. It still took me a while to settle in. Um, So when you're coming from another country into a new team that maybe says a different pace, different styles, etc. Some players, for Fafana, for example, take to it like a fish to water. Dakar maybe just takes, you know, a, a bit longer. And then you've got Sumare, who is fine, maybe is finding it hard to adapt and maybe does need that a little bit longer. You know, would Soyunchu have been as good as he, as he was when he came in for Maguire if he'd, if he'd come in that year, that year earlier? Well, probably not because we saw bits of Soyunchu in that first year, didn't we? Like the Fulham game. Yeah. Like, was it Fulham where he gave away a goal and then didn't later on in the year against West Ham, I think it was? Might be much time. Our the team could be wrong, but yeah, yeah. I, get, I get your point. Yeah, absolute ragged. So mm-hmm. you do need that adaption period, and I think he's one that I just I I think we're gonna need a little bit of patience with him. But he's the one out of him and Dakar that I have the less faith in to yes. build that yes. potential. We've seen that Dakar. You know, we know what he can do. You know, goalkeepers. Schmeichel Ward didn't travel with the squad. Um, I did a, a snog marry avoid show, as in a keep loan or sell with Brad through the whole squad. Uh, goalkeeper was one thing we disappeared, we, we disagreed on. Sorry, I was very much want Michael. I think he's got a year left, let him go, promote Ward up to the uh, Premier League squad, and you've got uh, Iverson and Stolacek who've looked pretty good. Well, I say pretty good, apart from Iverson's coming out of his box and not deciding what to do yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts on the goalkeeping situation? The thing is, Iverson's a strange one because he's come off being the best goalkeeper in the championship last year to having two absolute clangers. And I know we keep saying pre-season and particularly for goalkeepers, they make mistakes in pre-season. The first one when he dropped the ball and the Notts County player just put yeah. it in the back of the net, like, I like, like, there's a couple of ways to look at it. I think that's one that's National League, not a foul. But in the Premier League, if you're sort of backing into a def- uh, goalkeeper, that's probably a foul against him. But yeah. I did like the fact he was coming for the ball, trying to claim it from across. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so like, looking at the positive there. Then yesterday's one, he just needs to be a little bit more assertive. And well, I say a little bit more assertive, a lot more assertive, and put that ball into Rose Ed. If you're yeah. going to come out for it, you've got to get there. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they both looked sort of you know to my mind ready, not ready for the first team yet, but certainly ready to make that move up. And it's not an area that we're sort of short of players with. Um, 
would what, what what's your thoughts on Schmeichel? I mean, I'm very much thinking like you know last season. I mean, he was behind you know one of the worst defenses in the league at times, but he he, he wasn't coming out. He wasn't control you know in control of his box. He seemed to be you know auditioning to play Dracula because he was scared to come for crosses. Uh, <laughs> no command there. To my mind, I just think maybe we need to maybe move forward. You know, we have, it's almost like the Bank Shilton saga from the sort of the 70s. Yeah, it's one of those with Schmeichel, like everything he's done for the club, club legend, all about him. Oh, of never, course, yeah. Never, never take that take away, it. yeah. But it's like you say, at what point do we have to move on? And yes. for me, he's one of the best shot stoppers in the league, but the rest of his overall game is, that's all there really is to his game. His distribution is... I was going to say average is well below average, if we're yeah. being completely oh, honest. Oh, God, yes, yes. Um, I think him being absolutely glued to his goal line is part of the reason we, we're so vulnerable from set pieces. Because you see, like, some top keepers like Nick Pope, like Alisson, like... Um, but the list, list's countless. Keepers yeah. command their six-yard box. For Schmeichel, he, he just doesn't, which leaves... I think it leaves us massively vulnerable at times. No, I agree. So, keep or sell, snog or avoid? <laughs> I think just because of the situation we're in, where we, to bring in another keeper at the moment, we keep him for one more year and then address it next year. Right. And you'd be happy if Ward was to go, because, I mean, Ward's, it's a World Cup year. He's, I know, you know, he's kind of lost his place in the Welsh squad, but he was Welsh number one. He wants to get the game time. He's going to be knocking on the door saying, look, I need, I need to get game time. And no disrespect to, to Wales or to Ward, he could probably be in a championship team as a number one and still get in the Wales squad. Well, my thing is, I think Danny Ward could do a job for a lot of bottom half Premier League teams as well. I think he's, oh, yeah. A, yeah. he's a decent keeper. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of his flaws are the same... Of Schmeichel's like his distribution's not the best, and if like I know people say, well, uh, I'm gonna try and do an old man voice. Well, if the goalkeeper's job is to just save a ball out of the net, the goalkeeper's role has evolved massively in the last five to ten years, and yeah. particularly with the style of football that we try and play, passing out from the back, you need a, com- a keeper who's competent with his feet. So for me, I would say it's like sell Danny Ward. And then yeah. have a look at someone like David Rye from Brentford next year, or even if you have a look at some of the keepers, such as um, but we've got youngsters, younger ones coming through. But I'll say stay stay as we are for this year, and then then address it next year. I think there's something that Brendan's not sure there because you know he's only, he's only had one Premier League start since he's sort of come to the club, and you could say that's because he's behind you know a. a, a, a a keeper like Casper, but even last year he wasn't in in a lot of cup squads, was he? You know, it literally Casper was in everything. So maybe there's something that obviously Brendan sees on training. I don't know, but that Brendan's just maybe not got that hundred percent confidence in him. Um, the last, the last one I want to just do because I'm, I'm conscious of the time, so I won't keep you after this one. Um, the, the, they say the defense. We do. We know we need an extra cover in there. We'd so look. We look so much better when Johnny Evans is in there. I mean, he he had some. You know, got in some good stops yesterday uh, when he was on the pitch. 
Uh, I mean, I know Craig doesn't like him. Craig kind of says, well, he's slow. He, starts, he stands on the ball and doesn't get rid of it. But I think that's more of him holding onto the ball, thinking, right, where can I play it to, rather than just, you know, maybe the first option of somebody to the right. But he, again, and I'm not saying he's a particularly injury prone, but he's of an age, a bit like Jamie Vardy up front, you know, we've got Daka there, where when he does get injured, because of his age, it's going to take him that bit longer to get back. We've missed out on Tarkovsky. Uh, we were supposedly we were in for Nathan Collins, so that's two Burnley. We've been linked with Ben Mee, uh, Levi Colwell. Is it who would you, if you come back, pick one defender that you would add to the squad? Because we do need, like you've said before, we need another another one in there, especially if Soyuncu does go to, to Milan or somewhere like that. Yeah, Nathan Collins for me would be one. But we we've it's taken gone. too long with that. Yes, and yes. that's this is the issue we're going to have. Like it's all well and good saying, "Oh, just wait, wait until sell the players." Like all these players aren't going to wait for Leicester. It's not as if we're no. like a Man United or a Barcelona no. or have got that club pool. There will be other options for these players, as there has been for Nathan Collins. Yes, I, would, I wanted James Tarkovsky, but Levi Colwell was that profile of young player that we can who's already come off a very good season with Huddersfield. But yeah. we can bring in though, improve and develop. And I think there's not many better players to have a season under than Johnny Evans to learn that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. Uh, I'd also make Johnny Evans my captain for next season because I do, I, you know, I don't like goalkeepers uh, as captains, but I would for, in a way. But the thing that I worry about with Johnny Evans as captain is how much is he actually going to play? Yeah, yeah, which leads us back to that we need an extra defender in. <laughs> this is this is Leicester all over. We've had to, we've had it too easy for a few seasons, haven't we? You know, um, but hey, you know, we, we wouldn't have it any other way. We wouldn't support any other team, would we? Um, and thank you so much for coming on and uh, and contributing there. Uh, maybe we should start to, uh, just giving page up for us. What do you think? Oh, we could do, but we won't be able to go into the pot until we've we've moved a few players on anyway. This is true. This is true. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on. Your details are in the YouTube description below, but just give a shout out where people can find you again. Uh, so on Twitter and underscore LCFC uh, for a lot of Leicester, Leicester, let's call it debates. And yes. also on um, YouTube <laughs> and Leicester fan channel. So uh, uh, cheers for having us on, Chris. Brilliant. No, it's always good to have you on. You, you, you're the sensible voice. <laughs> I'm the old that. man, but I'm still kind of like dreaming that we can do things that we can't. You put me <laughs> in my place. And as always, as it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, in, in, you know, you better go and get ready for your next show. You're in demand, young man. Thanks very much. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. Oops, there we go. And oh, I am now split over two screens. You see, I, I need to remember what I'm doing with this. There we go. There we go. Right. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Static. You've just said um, you've enjoyed the show. Um, I appreciate that very, very much indeed. Uh, guys, if you haven't um, been out and subscribed to Leicester Till I Die TV or been over, I should say, to YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, please, please do it. Um, we are trying to build, uh, trying to build the uh, uh, channel. I know it's a slow process uh, during the off season, but if you can subscribe, it is much appreciated. And if you are subscribed, even if you don't want to, and I, you know, I, I respect your, your option in doing that. 
please just smash the like button because it really does help with the uh, YouTube um, algorithmics or whatever they call them. Look, I'm going to be back at um, 4.45. We're going to be covering Sweden versus, um, who are they playing? Portugal. Uh, there's two games in the Women's Euros, of course. Um, that uh, is Switzerland against Netherlands as well. We tried last night doing a switch uh, commentary where we, we, we covered both games. Wasn't quite as, as well as achieved as uh, the, the normal show. So we're going to go back to just following um, one game and we're going to pick Sweden versus Portugal as the game that we cover. Um, see you later, um, Nippon. Uh, thanks for popping on. Always appreciate it. And cheers, uh, James. Catch you later as well. Uh, so that's 4.45. And then World Cup and all extra programmes next week uh, from Monday onwards. Um, we will, well, I, I have daily news shows at six, six o'clock, but there's been no news. So it's been a bit pointless in doing one every day. It's like do one every third or fourth day and just play catch up. <laughs> guys, just give these, give these guys the support if, if you would as well. The goals are flowing here now. The Leicester Till I Die shop is now open. For all your Leicester Till I Die merchandise, visit the Leicester Till I Die shop at our website. Yeah, they are good enough to support our channel. Please, please return the favour and support them. Thank you very much. I will see you at 4.45. Take care. Enjoy the afternoon. Stay safe. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around 
to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.